0: You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There is a prophetic dream of St. John Bosco, which I think helps to contextualize and make sense of today's feast day. In this dream, St. John Bosco, who was a 19th century priest, saw the church, represented by this majestic ship, directed by the Pope, and this ship was being attacked by storms, but also by a horde of other ships that desired to drag her down. And he detailed what these ships represented. But the ship, the church, directed by the Pope, steered itself towards two columns. One column, which was topped with a statue of Our Lady Immaculate. And then the other column, which was significantly much higher than that column, was one that held the Blessed Hosts, the Sacred Host, the Eucharist itself. And upon the Pope directing that the ship of the Church be moored, be connected to both these pillars, the enemies of the Church fled, and the Church had peace. I think this is an instructive one for us today, as it connects for us the two realities of what this, what this day makes possible. First, whenever the Pope moors to the ship of the Church to Our Lady, to Mary Immaculate, it is a reminder to us that on this day, we celebrate Mary's Immaculate Conception, a day on which we commemorate the reality that she was conceived without sin. As a poet once put it, that she is our fallen nature's solitary boast. She alone, of all human beings, who are only human beings, never sinned, was conceived without it, and never sinned once in her life. She is our refuge. She is the one to whom we can go in all of life's storms. I have never, ever been disappointed by Mary. On a bad day, a moment whenever things seem to be going poorly, if I just imagine myself as a little boy running into the mantle of our Blessed Mother, she has always sheltered me, cared for me, and calmed me. And she desires to do the same for each and every one of you, for our parish, or for our family parishes, for our church. But so often, we, like a ship at sea, are assaulted by storms and so many other things. Distractions of this world, counting the money in our bank account, worrying about what other people may think of us, social media, news which whispers lies that the world's going to hell in a handbasket and everything's falling apart. We buy so many lies that the world sells us. But then Mary, ultimately too, along with being a source of refuge in herself, also makes possible the other pillar. Without her, we do not have the Eucharist, because as today's Gospel points out, it is through her that Jesus is made flesh, that Jesus becomes one with us. God and man are united in the person of Jesus Christ and in the womb of the Blessed Mother. And unless Jesus comes in the flesh, we cannot consume, we cannot receive that flesh, we cannot adore, commune with that flesh, and the Most Holy Eucharist. Unless Jesus was given a human body, he could not have uttered those words at the, at, on Holy Thursday, the first Holy Thursday, the first Mass, that ultimately made the Eucharist his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and then have sustained his church ever since. Without Mary, that would have never been possible. Without Mary, that would have never came to be. And so, in the end, she is truly the mother of the Eucharist. She truly is the one who brings life to her son and gave life to her son so that he might bring life to the Eucharist, which sustains his people, her sons and daughters to this day. Mary, our refuge, but then also the blessed sacrament. If we more ourselves to these two things as a family of parishes, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to hide. We have no reason to ultimately cower. With him, that is Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, and with her, our Immaculate Mother, all else is a straw. So often we try to plot, we try to plan, we try to scheme in so many ways to direct our path. When we're ultimately, at its core, the church, a parish, and the human heart all have nothing else than to trust in her immaculate heart and the sacred heart of her son, which burns in the tabernacle day and night, which is made present on this altar at each and every Mass. It is really, in the end, those two things, and that is why we do what we do. That is why your priests draw so much attention to the Eucharist. Desire to celebrate with reverence, with piety, with prayerfulness. It is why we ultimately each have a strong devotion to Our Lady and have consecrated ourselves to her in our own way. Because we love him and her. And through our Lord's sacred heart and the Eucharist and our priesthood, and through her immaculate heart, we love you. And this is truly what brings the church all together, is that the heart of the priest is at its heart meant to be the heart of Christ. And the heart of Christ and Mary, heart of Mary can never be separated. At its core, the church is ultimately about those two hearts, those two beings, the two who never sinned, never did any wrong, but yet suffered all, for your sake, my sake, the sake of the entire human race. We have nothing more than to turn our attention to them, to throw our cares, our worries, our sins, our difficulties, whatever it may be that troubles your heart at this moment. You have nothing more to throw those troubles, those anxieties, those concerns, upon this altar and at the feet of Our Lady, And they will take them and transform them. They will mourn with you where you are grieving. They will aid you in those areas where you are struggling. They will strengthen you where you are weak. And they will give you joy where there is sadness. In the end, this is what we are to be about. Our Lady and the Eucharist. And of course, the confessional. Where they both walk us to so that we might have forgiveness, so our souls might be made clean, capable of receiving the full graces that our Lord and Our Lady desire for us to receive from reception of Holy Communion. To so focus on those three things, which are really about one thing, Jesus Christ our Lord, because that is who Mary directs us to, and that is who our Lord wants her to direct us to in the confessional, which leads us to worthy reception of Him in Holy Communion, and in receiving Holy Communion in the presence of the Eucharist, we are made new. We are made of the saints that he's calling each of us to be.